And how many are glad to be in church tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, he is worthy of praise, amen. What an awesome worship service we had. Thank you, worship team, for always, always doing such a fantastic job ushering in the presence of God here in this place. Tonight, we are excited to be starting a new series for our Wednesday evening uh, for the month of May. We are in May. Can you believe it? And we entitled this series, The Guardian. We're going to be looking at the different types of coverings that you and I have, and also that we are responsible to provide. So I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2. 1 Peter, chapter 2, and verse 25, the Bible says this, and it says, Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now... You have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. And this is exactly what God seeks for each and every one of us to understand that he is our guardian. Amen? Amen? He is, as we're going to, as we're going to, to get into deeper, uh, he is watching over you. He's watching over you. When you think that, you know, uh, 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 you know, people are getting away with doing you wrong, they're not getting away. God is watching over you. God is taking care of you, amen? When you, when you stand up for righteousness when no one else is, God is watching over you, amen? He's taking care of you. Psalm 121 verse 3 says this, says, he will not let you stumble. Mm, someone say, thank you, Jesus. says, the one who watches over you will not slumber. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't sleep. You know how many of us make sure that before you go to bed, that everything is closed and locked up in your home before you go to bed? I know I do. I don't want anyone, you know, just, you know, uh, 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 freely walking into my house while we're asleep. So I make sure that every window's closed, uh, every door is locked. Why? Because we're going to be, we're going to be in a, in a, uh, 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 a moment of, of not knowing what is taking place around us. But God doesn't sleep. God is always watching. God is always caring for you and I. Tonight, we're going to be looking at exactly that, God's covering. I pray this message brings understanding and clarity this evening. When I talk about God's covering, some of us, some of us may think, oh, you know what? This is great. I have God's covering. Uh, now I don't need to pay for car insurance. Because I have God's covering over my life. So why do I need to pay for medical? Why do I need to pay for my dental? God is taking care of me. See, we obviously understand that, you know, these types of coverings in our lives are needed. They're necessary. Because if we didn't have these things, if we didn't have these types of coverings in our lives, not only would it be costly for us, 
but it could be a matter of life or death. So we have these things in play, and we make sure that, that those are set for you and I, for our well-being. Tonight, I hope to shed some light on what the covering of God means to us and what it does for you and I. It doesn't mean that you are exempt from hurt. It doesn't mean that you will no longer experience rainy days in your lives. In this life, we will still experience hurt, pain, loss, sadness. But let's look again at how Peter describes our Heavenly Father. He says this, and he says, He is the guardian of your souls. He's the guardian of your souls. You see, our soul is the object of his guardianship. It's what he is seeking after. It's what, it's what he is, is making sure that, that does not get lost. And he will not be unfaithful to the trust placed in him. In fact, there is nothing more safe than the human soul is when it is committed to faith to the Son of God. There's no greater safety. Paul writes this in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11. And he says, And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. He says, That is why I am suffering here in prison. He says, But I am not ashamed of it. Check this out. He says, for I know the one in whom I trust. And Paul says this, and he says, and I am sure, say it with me, I am sure, that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Thank you, Jesus. See, what Paul is saying is that you too must trust in the covering of God. Trust in it. Trust in him. Because he's never, he's never failed Paul. He always came through at the right time for Paul. And countless others that can also testify to his faithfulness. So many in this room... That can, that can easily spend hours on this mic sharing the faithfulness of God in their life. I guarantee it. You may be shy tonight, but when it comes to sharing what God has done in your life, I'd be, I, I'm sure you'd be more than happy to do so. Because it's the excitement of what God has done. Let's take a look tonight. And what you and I find under God's covering. Number one is his protection. Obviously, under God's covering, you are, you are protected. Psalm 91 verse 4 says this, He will cover you with his wings. You will be safe in his care. 
His faithfulness will protect and defend you. I remember having to take my wife to the, to the emergency. And, you know, this was, this was all, this was all God working it out. But she, she, she had, she had some, some, some things that, 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 that was going on and, 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 uh, she was able to see a surgeon in the room. And I remember what the surgeon said. This was the general surgeon, you know, who, who sees the surgeon, you know, in, in the emergency room. And the, I remember what he said. He said, don't worry. He told my wife, don't worry. Whatever I'm going to do is going to make you feel better. And I was, and I was thinking, wow, that's, that's bold. That's a bold statement there. See, but this is someone who was confident in what he knows, who was confident in his experience. How many of us can have that same confidence in God? Oh, I know. I know in the hands of God, I'm going to be safe. I know I'm protected. But how many times do we worry? How many times do we, do we forget that, that we are in the hands of God? This happens to us. Why? Because we're human. But God, help us to remember. God, help us to never forget that we are in his care. And there is no better place to be. There is no safer place that we can find ourselves in. See, today we live with so many uncertainties. But despite the dangers, God's people can live with an unshakable confidence in the safety of his protection. Look at what Moses writes in Deuteronomy 33, verse 12. Moses says these words, and he says, The beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him who shelters him all the day long. I want us to turn to Exodus 12. Exodus 12. I want to bring something very important to your attention tonight. And I want you to hold your place at Exodus 12 and also find Joshua chapter 2. Exodus chapter 12 and Joshua chapter 2. I'm going to take a look here first at the book of Exodus. I want to look at the Passover in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 21. The Bible says this, and it says, Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Now let's look at Joshua 2. 
We find here where Rahab helped the two Israelite men. Before she led them to safety, she said these words to them in Joshua 2, verse 12. And she says, Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live, along with my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. The men told her, we will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, your father, mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. If they go out into the street and are killed, it will not be our fault. See, before we move any further, I want to point something out here. In Exodus, what was the indicator used for the Israelites' protection? Blood. With Rahab, what was the indicator used to save her and her family's life? The scarlet rope. What color is blood? What color is scarlet? And you are covered by the blood of Christ. You're covered by the blood of Christ. These two stories have another similarity. Let's look again at Exodus 12, 22. It says, put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the, or the door frame. And it says, none of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. Now, Joshua 2, 18. When we come into the land, as they're telling Rahab, when we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all of your family members, your father, mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. If they go out into the street and are killed, it will not be our fault. I want you to understand this, and I want you to get this point here. That God's protection for his people depends completely upon proper positioning. You need to understand that. You need to grasp that. Get it tonight. Write it down. God's protection for his people depends completely upon proper positioning. Let me put this in a way that we can better understand. I asked my kids for an umbrella. My five-year-old just sprung out to look for one and says, Here it is, Dad. I got you an umbrella. So here's what I'm going to use. Super Mario. I know all about this guy too when I was a kid. See, you could have the best umbrella in the middle of a rainstorm. The best. The umbrella that, 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 that never buckles. It doesn't collapse. It endures the strongest winds. 
the best umbrella in the world, but if you're not under it, it is utterly useless. You guys following me? If you're not under the world's greatest umbrella, it does nothing for you. It does nothing to protect you. We need to understand the importance, church, of being under God's covering. You need to understand it. Because God is that umbrella for you and I. How many times, though, do we step out of the covering? Do we step out of the safety and say, God, I got this. I don't mind getting a little wet, God. I'm an adult. I can do things on my own. And God says, I have this covering for your safety. Why don't you use it? It's there for your protection. Why aren't you under it? See, had the Israelites left their home during Passover and had Rahab been anywhere but behind that scarlet rope, they would not have been covered. The writer of Psalm 91.1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure. And rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. See, you and I need to position ourselves under the covering of God. What else do we find under God's covering? Not only his protection, but we also find his favor. Psalm 5, verse 12 says, for you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. See, we know that God doesn't have a favorite, but we most definitely know that he shows us favor. Oh, I know he does. I know God shows us favor. See, favor and grace are one of the same. Why? Because they're both unmerited. Grace is basically unmerited favor. That's all that is. The greatest act of God's favor is eternal life. By grace, we have been saved, haven't we? We didn't earn salvation. Christ died for you and I. He paid the price. All we had to do was accept him as our savior. And by grace, we are saved. By grace, amen, we can have eternal life with our heavenly father. And it's only by his grace that we are to live for Christ in this lost world. See, but favor also follows godliness. My little guy, my little five-year-old, my other three kids, well, not, not my youngest, because she, you know, doesn't even care. My two older ones, 
and my wife always tell me, he's your favorite. <laughs> Justin is your favorite. You never get mad at him. <laughs> you let him do whatever he wants. Now, I don't, I don't think that's true to an extent. But let me tell you why they may think that. It's because he wants to be everywhere that I am at. And, 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 and it's, it's not something that's annoying, but he really wants to be with his dad. He just wants to be wherever dad is. Why? Because he admires dad. If I go to Home Depot without him, he will cry. He'll cry. I remember going one time and I came back home and he says, he was crying. He said, Dad, don't ever go without me again. <laughs> to Home Depot. I didn't even get ice cream. Wherever I go, he wants to be. What does that tell me? That means that if I stay close to God, I'm also going to get his favor in my life. If I want to go everywhere that God goes, amen, I'm going to see that same favor take place in my life. And you are no different. Because, yes, there's things that I, that I do for him that, that, you know, the other kids have no clue. <laughs> Because he always wants to be with me. We must understand the importance of this closeness. A.K.A. godliness. Staying close to God is godliness, isn't it? When you, when you seek God, when you want to be with him, you're being godly. You're not chasing the world. You're chasing God. When you want to do things that please God, you're being godly. Proverbs 3, verse 3 says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. It says, Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. How many of you want favor with God and people? then as the Bible says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Because that's what favor is. Favor is just being kind to someone. When you show someone favor, what are you doing? You're being kind to them, isn't it? Think about it. Hopefully you can put this to practice in your life, in your, in your daily actions, that showing favor is just being kind. That's all it is. You can be kind to a complete stranger, can't you? When you open the door for someone, you're being kind. 
When you let someone go ahead of you in line, you're being kind. That's showing favor. And you don't even know the person. You see how favor can be unmerited? They didn't earn it. You were just being kind. I think of the life of Joseph. Joseph seemed to have a positive outlook. What do I mean by that? Well, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers because they seemed to be a little jealous of him. Do you think that he deserved what they did to him? Do you think he deserved it? Joseph was favored by his dad, the Bible says. He had this colorful, this colorful robe that he was flaunting off in front of his brothers, and they couldn't stand it. They wanted to get rid of him because he was daddy's favorite. Let's get rid of daddy's favorite. Look at him, spoiled little brat. And they sold him into slavery. Do you think he deserved that? Absolutely not. You got to understand this, that favor is not always fair. When others show you favor, there's going to be others who may be jealous. There's going to be others who say, they don't deserve that. Why are they being treated like that? How come I'm not? So you see, favor isn't always fair. Yes, Joseph may have flaunted that he was his dad's favorite, but he definitely did not deserve to be sold into slavery by his brothers. But we must seek to have Joseph's perspective. Because the Bible says this in Genesis 39, 21. It says, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness. There it is again. He showed him kindness and granted him favor. Favor with his, and this is, you know, when he talks about the favor, this is favor with his earthly father, favor with Potiphar, favor with the prison warden. As Joseph was falsely accused and thrown into prison, falsely accused, he was standing up for righteousness and was thrown into prison because of a lie. And yet, the Bible says, the favor of God followed Joseph wherever he went. And that favor was not only with God, but it was with man. See, favor may not always be fair, but we need to have the perspective that Joseph had and the attitude as we read in Genesis 50, chapter, tw- uh, chapter 50, verse 12. And he says this to his brothers. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Isn't that amazing? That's like a wow moment right there. I know we just read past things in the Bible, and I say this a lot, but we do. We just read past things and not fully grasp what has taken place in this situation. 
This is a, this is a young man who was thrown into slavery by his brothers. By his brothers. This is a young man who was thrown into prison because he ran away from a woman who was trying to go after him, trying to seduce him, and he ran away and was still thrown in prison. And in the end, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. That's amazing. What a perspective this man had. What an outlook that this young man had. What a tremendous trust in the Lord that Joseph had in play in his life. At work, he was trusting God. You think he was just trusting people that, that the people would realize that he's not guilty? No, he was trusting God. He was saying, God, I know you're going to work everything out. You'll never let me down. See, you and I must trust in the Lord that he is working everything out for your good. What else do we find under the covering of God? His anointing. Mm. This is good. I like this. I like the other two as well. I like this one. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, says, If you keep yourself pure, Paul writes, he says, You will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use for every good work. You see, to be anointed basically means to be set apart. You're set apart. In order for us to be set apart, we must strive to keep ourselves pure. Now, how do we do that? You seek righteousness. How do you do that? You seek godliness. You stay close to God. As my, as my son stays close to me, you stay close to him. You move when he moves. You seek to please God in your life. Do you seek to please God in your life? Do you actually think when you're making decisions, you know what, I want to make a decision that pleases God. If you are, then you're seeking righteousness. You are, you are striving to live a pure life set apart. We need to be mindful of the words that we speak. Be mindful of your actions. That's why, that's why as children of God, we can't just speak willy-nilly. We can't just say whatever we want. Why? Because we need to be mindful of our words. Why? Because as children of God, you need to understand, and I hope you understand, that your words have power. Your words carry life or death. And as children of God, you must know that. 
So if you do know that, if you do understand that, then you're not just going to use any kind of words towards so-and-so. You're not just going to spew off these ridiculous things in anger. Why? Because we understand that these words have the power of life or death. And if you're a child of God, you understand that your actions, your actions speak louder than words. You can, you can talk a good game, but if your life doesn't match up with your words, then what is it all for? You've just lost credibility. God, help us. God, help us to live a life of righteousness, to live a life that pleases God, to be mindful of the words that we speak, to be mindful of our actions. So we find protection, we find favor, and we find anointing under the covering of God. What must we do next? You and I need to remain. You need to remain. Under the covering of God, this is where God wants you to be. This is where God wants you to be. Don't take a step without God directing you. Don't do it. Don't do it. How do I do that, Pastor? Pray about it. Talk to God. If you don't know what, what, what step he wants you to take, ask him. Ask him. I know he's going to give you the answer. I know he's going to direct you. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to you and let you know where you should be. What the next step should be in your life. But you need to stay under that covering. Stay under it. Why? Because that's where all the blessings are. That's where all the blessings are, church. So many times we don't even realize that we're right here. But thank God for his grace that allows us to come back to this place that allows us to come back to the place of safety. See, God is, God is in, he's under no obligation to protect you and I when we step out of his covering. But, he will guard those who are surrendered and in place. He will guard you. When you stay under that covering, he promises to protect you. When you stay under that covering, he promises that you will have his favor in your life. And that that favor will follow you just like with Joseph. But it doesn't mean you're not going to go through difficult times. Let's look at Joseph once again. He didn't have an easy life. 
It wasn't fair. Maybe you can look at your life and say, things aren't fair. Well, that's life. I'm sorry. Life isn't fair. God never said that it was going to be fair. He just said that I'm going to be there for you. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to get you through this. That's what I promise you. That fair or not, amen, I am a God who protects. I am a father who does not neglect. As the worship team comes forward tonight, Exodus chapter 12 and verse 24 Bible says this and it says obey these instructions we're picking up from earlier from the Passover Moses says obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants when you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised observe this ceremony and when your children ask you what does this ceremony mean to you then tell them it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians the Bible says then the people bowed down and worshiped What was Moses telling them to do? He was saying, I need you to remain. I need you to stay under the covering of God. He says, obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance. That means forever and ever. As long as you have breath you must obey and you stay under the loving protecting favorful anointing power of God because there is no better place to be exactly where God wants each and every one of us to be is under his covering church it is so so crucial for you and I to remain God loves us. He, he truly loves us. Who else 
will give their child for someone. Who else? The price has been paid for you and I. The covering is in place. We must stay under a church. Let's give God praise this evening. Let's give him praise for he is worthy of our praise. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your blood that washes our sins, that has given us eternal life. You and I are blessed. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.